the thrill of hope in grateful chorus raise we. Hope, that's what we're talking about today. Advent, one hope, living with hope. Has anyone seen the movie The Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, it's an oldie but a goodie now. The story revolves around Andy Dufresne, a young and successful banker who is wrongfully convicted of the murder of his wife and her lover, despite maintaining his innocence. Sentenced to life in Shawshank State Penitentiary, a harsh and unforgiving prison, Andy must navigate the brutal realities of life behind bars. He encounters a colourful cast of inmates, including Red, an experienced and wise long-term prisoner who serves as the film's narrator. And as Andy adjusts to prison life, he faces unimaginable challenges and experiences the cruelty of corrupt prison guards and the oppressive nature of the system. However, his unyielding resilience and quiet determination shines through gradually earning him respect and admiration among his fellow inmates. Now, in one part of the movie, Andy spends a stint in solitary confinement for playing Mozart, a Mozart record over the prison loudspeaker. After he is released from confinement, he tells his friend Red and the other inmates in his circle that hope is what kept him alive. It's the only thing that they can't take from him. Red offers his opinion on this topic of hope by telling Andy that hope is a dangerous thing. He's been in prison a very long time and he just wants to survive. He fears that hope is going to make that harder, not easier. Hope can drive a man insane, he says. It's got no use on the inside. You better get used to that idea. Red had lost hope for the future. For him and many others, it was easier to be resigned to prison life and give up on hope or change. Sadly, we see a tragic loss of hope in the lives of too many in our communities these days, don't we? Statistics say that every single day, eight to nine Australians commit suicide. Many others live with fear, resignation and despair. Hope is diminishing in our society and it seems that hope is important, in fact, necessary for a flourishing and rich life. So what is hope? Is it just wishful thinking or being positive? In the Bible, it's not just wishful thinking, is it? Hope isn't just, I hope you have a good holiday or I hope you feel better soon. It's not just positive thinking or being optimistic in the face of difficult times. This sort of hope can be naive and sound trite when we're in the middle of hard times, can't it? Desmond Tutu, the South African bishop in the time of apartheid, said, Hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. In the face of apartheid and the unjust abuse of black Africans, he is not naive or blind to the reality. This is not wishful thinking. He says this because he knows that Christ is the light of the world and has already defeated death. He can look at the darkness of apartheid and see that Christ has and will defeat darkness and injustice. Hope is looking forward with anticipation by looking back and seeing that God has acted and can be trusted in the future. What we know about hope is that it can be born in difficult times. Our very knowledge of Jesus Christ is that very hope. Now our scripture reading today comes from Mark chapter 1 verses 1 to 8 and it's called John the Baptist prepares the way. 
The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptised by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. Now, John was a bit of an interesting character. Those who watched the Chosen series, he was interesting in that too, a little bit weird. He lived in the wilderness, clothed in camel's hair and leather, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He was, however, a popular figure though, maybe because he was a little bit weird, I don't know. But everybody in Jerusalem and people from all over the countryside went out to the banks of the Jordan River to listen to John preach and also to participate in his baptisms, which means not only was he popular, he was successful at what he was doing. For all this popularity and success though, John was not interested in the attention for himself. He was solely interested in preparing the way for Jesus. It was never about him. Even describing the coming Messiah as someone whose sandals John did not consider himself worthy to tie. The baptisms themselves weren't invented by John either. They weren't his idea. Nor was baptism unique for the Israelites. From ancient times, baptism was a well-known symbol, an outward sign of a new spiritual birth or entering into a new form of life. For those whom John baptised, it marked their confession that they were sinners, laying aside human pride and confessing the truth of what they really are. And this confession comes in the light of the knowledge that God loves them immeasurably and was the power and has the power to cleanse and restore. So what was it that kept people drawn to John's sermons and encouraged them to, to participate in baptism? What caused people from all over Jerusalem's city and the neighbouring towns to travel to the wilderness to be baptised by this strange but insightful man? I'd say it was hope. There's no doubt these people were living in uncertain times, still awaiting this Messiah that the prophets spoke about long ago. They were clinging on to whatever hope there was left. These were difficult times. And it is true for us Today also that we are living in difficult times, despite knowing how this story of Jesus pans out. Difficult times on the hard, all the hard facts of life can produce despair, but it can also draw us towards hope. Elaine de Botton is a writer who argues that the difference between hope and despair is a different way of telling stories from the same facts. What story do we tell ourselves in the face of difficult times or experiences? The same event can happen and someone will say it's good and then someone else will say it's bad. It's perspective. We know that the Bible tells a story of hope. 
It is not naive to the facts. It is not blind to the pain and suffering in our world. In fact, the Bible tells in great detail about the pain and suffering of the generations before us. Yet it tells a story of hope because there is a good God who is working out his purposes for the world. In this scripture reading from Mark, the Jewish people are living under Roman rule. We all know what that is like in the scriptures. He then quotes from Isaiah who was writing a word of hope when the Jewish people were in exile and living under the rule of Babylon. And then before that, they were living in slavery under the rule of Egypt. Despair was a common response. But Moses, Isaiah and now John the Baptist encouraged the people to hope based on their knowledge and experience of God in the past. So today we can look at our worldly situations, financial pressures, climate change predictions, political and family conflicts, mental and physical health challenges, wars and conflict. When we think of and experience these things, we can experience stress and despair. Where do we look for hope when life is hard? But if we go back to the quote and say, if the difference between hope and despair is a different way of telling stories from the same facts, what then is the story that we tell? As Christ followers with divine knowledge of hope, what is the story that we tell? John the Baptist offers hope and invites the people to anticipate a person who is yet to come. He tells the people that he comes to fulfill the words of the prophet Isaiah, to be a messenger who will prepare the way for the Lord. He came to give them a story of hope in the cold, hard facts of Roman rule. He knew that God was faithful to his promises, had acted in the past and would act again in the future, saying after he comes, the one more powerful than I, and I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. He brought a promise that God will come and act in the world. It's not wishful thinking or blind optimism, but a hope grounded in the steadfast love and faithfulness of God. He knew what God had done and promised in the past, and so he offered hope for the present and future. And we have the added privilege of living today on the other side of God coming into the world. We know the Jesus story. The people hearing from John the Baptist did not know about Jesus yet. They had not seen his life or heard his teaching, witnessed his death on the cross or his resurrection from the dead. They didn't have the complete scriptures that we have at our fingertips today in all forms, both paper and digital. We need only open the pages and read the words of hope laid out for us and see the evidence there. As Christmas approaches in 2023, we live in a different time and can tell a different story of hope, a better, more informed story of hope. We have a story that gives us hope for the future, an anchor for our souls, even as we face difficult times. In the face of despair, Desmond Tutu told the story of Jesus and his victory over sin and death and darkness. He spoke words of hope, He told a story of healing and reconciliation, not a story of violence and despair. God provides us with a story of hope. Jesus is the reason for us to live with hope even in the difficult times of life. 
In difficult times nationally and globally, we can remember that difficulties have been common for every period of history, right from the beginning. Empires and politicians came, uh, come and go, and yet God remains the same and will one day put all things right. God is the creator and servant king who will restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. In the face of the challenging facts of climate change or financial stress or global conflict or personal conflict, this is the story of hope and not despair. In difficult personal times, we can choose to remember that Jesus has defeated death and nothing can separate us from the love of God. And when the Bible says nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God, it truly means that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Jesus has promised to return and wipe every tear from our eyes and he can be trusted. This doesn't mean an end to the troubles of life today. We know that that's true, but it does remind us that we're not alone in the world. We live with the hope that God provides all we need and will one day put things right. Hope is not a feeling, but a choice and an action. It is the story we tell and that story changes the way we live and the way we act. Our story is that there is a God who loves us and has defeated death and suffering and we can live with hope in him. As the events of the Shawshank Redemption film play out, Red comes to see the wisdom of Andy's story of hope. Andy has escaped from prison and Red can look back on his act, trust Andy and have hope for the future. In a voiceover at the end of the movie, he says, I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. Like Andy and like John the Baptist, we not only accept hope for ourselves, but we can tell others about hope too. Like I said earlier, we are witnessing far too much despair in our world today. Far too many are at the point of completely losing all hope. It is significant when, when, when one finds themselves there in the darkness of hopelessness. It takes a lot to get there. None of us want to end up there, nor should we want anyone else to end up there. Hope is a powerful, life-giving choice. In light of the story of Jesus, we can live as people of hope this Christmas.